Hey everyone, before we jump into the show, two quick episode notes. One, we talk in depth about Wakanda Forever on today's show. So specifically around uh, minute 39, you might want to skip forward to when we resume the conversation about Joe's time on American Crime Story, if you want to stay spoiler free. And secondly, Meg had some internet issues this week, so you'll hear that her audio is sometimes on a nice studio microphone and sometimes on her phone. We did our best, and I think we did a pretty good job. So hopefully you all enjoy today's show. Let's jump in. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to The Screenwriting Life. Uh, I'm Meg LaFove. And I'm Lorian McKenna. And today, we're thrilled to be joined by award-winning writer-director Joe Robert Cole. Joe's an award-winning writer-director of both television and film. He co-wrote two Oscar-nominated movies with Ryan Coogler, 2018's Black Panther, and last year's Black Panther Wakanda Forever, which is nominated for five Oscars. On the TV side, Joe worked as a co-producer on Ryan Murphy's People vs. OJ miniseries, earning an Emmy nomination for writing the episode The Race Card. Hi, Joe, and welcome. Hey, how are you? Good. Hey, Joe. So Hi. glad. So glad you're here with us tonight. Yeah. Um. Okay, but before we chat, which you can't wait, um, Joe did agree to dive in with us on our adventures in screenwriting or what happened to us this week. So we'll let Lorian go first. Uh, Lorian, uh, how was your week? It was uh, good, ups and downs as always. Um, a couple of weeks, months, episodes ago, we had um, Dr. Yalda Uhls on. Uh, she talked a lot about the Center for Scholars and Storytellers Youth Media representation, and I volunteered to have a group of students who are teenagers read a YA feature I wrote called How to Set a Fire and Why based on the book. And it was, um, uh, they gave me notes. And then I met with them to go over the notes. And it was a really validating and humbling experience. Because while a 13-year-old or a 15-year-old doesn't exactly know how to deliver the note, oh boy, they deliver the note. Like there's no like political, I want to be friends with this person in three years, we're forming a professional relationship or the note under the note. It's like, this didn't seem real to me. Or these were very like stock characters and whatever way, you know, like it was very like, oh, and some of them really liked things and others really didn't like those same things. So in a way it was like, all right, again, reminder that like not everything I write is for everyone, but uh, it was really fun. And it was really fun to talk to them after. Um, the idea is that I um, help them sort of deliver notes and what's it like to work with a writer because they all want careers in the field in one way or another. Of course, it turned into me, you know, well, what are you writing? what are you going to write? You got to go home. You got to write it. You got to write it right now. I'm going to call you tomorrow. And see if you wrote that six page short, you know, so like I got, you know, very invested in each of them and it was really fun, but that was a very strange That's experience. Awesome. And I was really nervous going into it because I got the notes beforehand and I was like, Ooh, they really read it. And boy, do they have things to say about it? You know, yes. and there were two things that I was like, okay, those are fair. And we're looking for financing right now. And it's like, okay, well, when I get paid to do the rewrite, I will address those notes. <laughs> <laughs> when I get paid to do the rewrite. That's right. When I get paid to do the rewrite. <laughs> Joe, how was your week? It was um, it was good. Um, I I recently was com commenced to, I'm writing a biopic. And, um, and so... Uh, and, and the person is still alive, and 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 uh, and so there's a, a certain level of, and I have a great deal of respect for him, and so there's a certain level of um, like um, 
excitement and anxiety about that. And then when you get convinced, then you, everyone um, has, they want to talk to you before you start. So then the director wants to talk to me a little bit. And then, you know, the person, the biopics about just wants to go back over things a little bit. And then the studio wants to tell, I've, I've been um, recalibrating, um, like digesting is a better word, digesting everything that everyone um, uh brought to the table once they knew I was actually going to be starting and then kind of recalibrating my, uh, my outline and make, just making, trying to make sure that, you know, you, there's a lot of masters to serve at different times and you want to make sure everyone's happy and that you're servicing the story well and doing your job well. So I've, I've been in like that kind of like, you know, you know, as a, as a writer, what you don't know is, is if you're starting, you, you don't know that there's so much, outside of just writing that goes to, you know, into the job, there's, there's the people skills and there's the, you know, and there's the, you know, being able to, the politicking, the massaging, the this, the that, you know, all the things you have to do to really to do the job well. And so I was doing a bunch of that this week. So uh, it was yeah, fun. It's a, it is a real thing. It's a real thing. I do think having been a producer helps me because I learned all that first. Writing a biopic on someone that's involved must have its own set of challenges that is much different than dealing with like the estate of the person. Yeah. Um, it's very exciting. You know, uh, it's not, it, you know, it's, it, he's super excited and, and uh, trusts me and we have a great relationship. And um, I, you know, the, the anxiety comes from just wanting to, to do right by, him and to want to tell the the you know he's not afraid of the warts he's not afraid of you know it's not one of these things where you're you're sitting there you're trying to service someone's ego in fact it, it, the 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 idea is to tell the truth to really mm -hmm. get to the the humanity and the frailty and the and the growth and the the evolution and all of the 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 things that we all go through as as people um, um not just a celebration of you know, but but you definitely want to celebrate to me, you know, what is, you know, the, what made him great and all this sort of thing. But you but but the the core of it is the the growth. Um, and so, he, you know, that's his he's bought into that. That's his that's what he wants. And so it's just now like, OK, how do I do that? Well, like it's like, right. how do you do that the right way and um, and respectful and honor the, you know, honor, honor everyone involved, you know, um, in that way. So and also staying true to your vision as a writer, like mm -hmm. what you are connecting with this project about, right? Staying true to that and yes. sort of navigating all that with all these voices coming at you who who care very deeply about the end product. It must be a lot to uh boundaries. It's about boundaries, right? Yeah, you know, it's it's um <laughs> I like collaborating. And so mm -hmm. that's one of the things, you know, I I, I feel like you know, if you have a, sh I, I generally have a strong core of what I believe something is about, you know, or, mm -hmm. or what it is that, um, you know, cause I don't, I'm pretty picky. And so it's like finding the thing that, that really I connect to. And then, you know, there's a lot of ways to skin a cat and, and there's a lot of ways to kind of navigate that. And you don't always know the best version um, you, you know, where you want to get to and you know what you want it to, you know, what you want the audience to feel, what you're trying to convey where, but, um, a lot of times I've found that, 
what I thought at the beginning. Sometimes the person who had the note or the thing that I was the most resistant to unlock something that made it something I couldn't have done without their without their the, the kind of collaboration. And so I try to keep an open mind, but then yes, there's times when you have to like there's there's those points where you're like, okay, let's talk once I already have a like a, a rough draft that like I got it. Let's, you know, give me some right. space to 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 create. And I think they're they they all are giving me that. It was literally the commencement, and then you know everyone has to get in there and yeah make sure that yeah. they're relevant and then and then you go about totally. your business. Meg, how was your week? Well, my week is I hate everything I'm writing. I'm annoyed at everything and everyone. I have no inspiration to do anything. And my pants don't fit. So now most of that is because I'm depleted. I'm just depleted. I'm at the I'm at the bottom of the well. Uh, and I know myself well enough to know when I'm this cranky. Um it's I need to I need to rest. I can't right now, but I know what I need. And it's because Girl Scout cookies are out. Mm. That is the other reason mm. that it's happening. Yeah. That my pants don't fit because I'm depleted. So I'm eating mint cookies. What are they? Chocolate mint covered thin mints. Thin mints. That's what I meant to say. See, I'm depleted. No words. I'm eating thin mints to give myself energy and <laughs> getting fat. But um, that was my week. Jeff, how was your week? I'll keep it super fast this week. We talk on the show about celebrating things when they're going well. So some good juju for everyone. I got my first deadline announcement this week, which is really exciting. So, you know, it was almost exactly two years ago today that I like told everyone I was going to go try to make a film. And two years later, the deadline announcement came out that we sold it to a great distributor that I'm really excited about. So fantastic. Congratulations. Congratulations. You know what's serious? You know what's serious when Meg and I sing our congratulations? Yes. Yeah, that makes it real. (laughs) That's like level 10. Yeah. Part of it is just, I'm sure you guys can relate, just like the freedom to like talk about it. You know, you signed the deal like months before and you have wanted to talk about things with delivery and on the show and I just haven't been able to. So finally, there's just like the freedom to be like, yes, it's you can watch it. You can watch it in August. So, you know, it's exciting. I think there's an element of taking the time to celebrate the things that are great because, you know, you won't unless you kind of ritualize it in some way. And there's also the truth of like an announcement's great, but it's a five minute thing and people say congrats and then you're working again. So, you know, the truth is the job is writing and the announcement's fun, but I used to have this thought that like you're, when you get a deadline announcement, like everyone calls you like JJ Abrams is like, come on down. Here's your movie. Like that's not quite (laughs) how it goes. It's not quite how it goes. Um, But it is great. You know, it is career currency for me and it has been helpful in small ways and it's always small things that add up to build a career. So I'm really excited and mostly I'm just excited. You guys have asked how you can watch it. It'll be out in August. So yeah, good news. Awesome. Now, when you say it'll be out in August, where will we be able to watch it in August? Yes, it will be on all the TVOD platforms. So Amazon, Apple, Roku, iTunes, anywhere where you can okay. rent a movie, yeah. it'll be out. And then the, the distributor will be pitching it to SVOD. So it may be on HBO or Netflix or Showtime. Um, but they're pitching it now. So we won't know. All right. Fingers if, crossed. Everybody yeah. send the good juju that we can get, a, you know. Yes, that, but it will that. definitely be rentable very easily. And then Blu-ray too. So that's, I've learned a lot. And just quick plug, if you're curious about more of this, I teach a class about like what the indie streaming landscape looks like. Um, so there's info on that on the Facebook page if you're curious about. It's much different than studio marketing, but I've learned a ton. So yeah. Congratulations, Jeff. Spectacular. Thanks, Thank you. Joe, can you talk about how you got your start? Like, how did you break into the business? 
I, I wrote a bunch of scripts in college and they all sucked. But I, I wrote one. I wrote one spec, spec script once I got out of college that I that I, I really liked. And it, it won um, the Urban World Screenplay Award in 2006. So I had this script and I. And uh, and, you know, it was it's a, a character story. It's about a, a guy who's a dishwasher in New York City. He has a, a arrested development from like uh, trauma and uh, and he has a crush. He works as a dishwasher. He has a crush on a waitress there. Um, and she has a 10 year old son. And through the 10 year old son and him develop a friendship and then they developed a friendship with the with the the waitress and and um and they find liberation because she's in a, a tough you know a, a abusive tough relationship as well and so they find this kind of liberation it's called a man who's never been kissed and and so a lot of you know that got me attention like oh we can write character so um there was a um they were doing um a movie uh called ATL um and and it it's Warner Brothers and it was and they needed someone to do a polish on it. You know, they were they were going to shoot in a month or two or something. You know how that goes. So I was like, I'll do I'll, shit, I'll do anything. Right. OK, I'll do it. Uh, and um, and I but I didn't know any better. So when they asked me what my thoughts on the script were, I um, completely eviscerated it. <laughs> how bad it was. I was like, I kept saying like I was like. I had so many notes and um, and I even think I got into a little bit of a debate with um, one of the producers in the meeting because I, I said it had it was full of generic urban speak. And I was like, this isn't how people talk. This is like a this is like sticky black talk. And and it was like a whole and I thought, oh, my God, I, I really you know fuck this up. I'm not going to get this job. And um, they hired me. And so I rewrote the whole thing. <laughs> So that was so I rewrote it. Well, I rewrote it, and uh, and they let me come down to Atlanta and stuff, and it was just a great experience, you know. And I got no credit for it because it was still a polish, even though you know at that time um, I think the guild it wasn't a third; you had to write half or something, some other rule. But anyway, so that was like my first thing, and then the writer strike happened, and so then I my whole I thought I was going to be working, and then I didn't. So then I was like I had nothing, and then the strike ended. And um, and I um, and during the strike, I was like, you know, I always wanted to write big movies like the movies I love are like character driven on their on a big palette. Those are the movies that I remember when I was young and stuff. And my movie was so small that anything anyone ever talked to me about was, oh, this small, like, and so I'm like, oh, don't know, but I can write like big action and all stuff. And so I wrote during the the strike time, a spec, I wrote this like Chinatown cop movie takes place in LA and has action and all stuff. And um, Nate Moore read it at Marvel after the strike uh, and uh, asked me to come and sit down with him. And I feel like um, he was the first black male executive I had ever met. Um, and I sat down and I, we just hit it off and I was talking to him and I was like, wow, this is great. This is cool. And he said, you know, we think we want to do a, a roadie movie, um, uh, a separate movie for, you know, uh, Don Cheadle's character. And I was like, okay. And, um, and he's like, well, you know, I'll reach out to you in a couple months. And now 
the other writers here, uh, both of you, you know how, especially like you'll hear that and it never happened, right? It's like, oh yeah, there's, there's this project we'll talk to you about. And I'm like, yeah, okay, sure. And he, sure enough, two months later, he's like, we're doing this. Here's the stuff, come up with the pitch. And so, you know, they give you all of those stuff. You read the comics and do all this stuff. And I pitched, I think four or five times, all the way up to Kevin Feige. And I won that job. So I win this, I win the job. And, um, and, and so I'm like, oh shit, this is great. And then maybe two weeks after they uh, were doing Iron Man three. And I guess the, the story for Iron Man three was going to have, they, when the director came in, Shane Black came in, he's like, oh, Rhodey's going to have this big part. And if anybody who understands Marvel movies, they all have to kind of work in. And so they were like, well, we can't do a Rhodey movie now because we don't quite know where he's going to be and what that's going to be. And and so they were like, um, but would you be interested in being in our writer program? And I was like, well, what is that? Uh, and they said, well, it's like a development deal. You, we give you an office and you read a character, you get a character, you read all the comics, you come up with an outline and then we green light you, you write the script and we give you notes. You get notes from the actual executives that do the, uh, do the movies. And I was like, okay. And so I, I, you know, that was my, that was my kind of entry into Marvel. And so I, I, um, I did that and it's a year and then they can re-up you. Uh, and I did that for two years. So I, I really learned there. One, I wasn't a comic book reader uh, when I was younger. So I learned about all these comic characters. I just like, I like heroes and anti-heroes, but I was never a comic reader. Um, and that's uh, where I learned about Black Panther because Nate would talk about him. I didn't work on it uh, at the time, but he is a big uh, Black Panther reader when he was younger. And so I uh, learned uh, how Marvel embeds character in action and all this, like you, 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 you learn wish fulfillment, you learn all the things that, um, that go into, you know, uh, four quadrant kind of these larger, uh, uh, films. And then I could infuse my character, you know, stuff and, and I like action. So it wasn't as if I was like, oh, this is not my, my thing. I love those kind of films. Um, I just like ones where I care about the people who are, you know, having mistakes. And so, um, and so that's, that's what happened. And I got out and, um, you know, I wrote a, I wrote three scripts while I was in there. Uh, and then I got out and, um, and I, I, I booked a, a feature to write. And, and then um, I guess a couple months after I booked that feature, um, Brad Simpson, who I had, um, I had had, who had read uh, my spec, my bigger spec, um, before 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 I started at Marvel and stuff and we had we had had a um we we hit it off as well um Franklin Leonard actually introduced me to Brad Simpson I don't know if you know who Franklin Miller is but uh uh and um and Brad was like he said Joe can we have coffee and we we, we sit down he's like so I'm doing this show called People vs OJ Simpson and and we would love to have you read the book and come in and see if you want to be a part of it. And so that's, so then I did that. And um, while I was supervising my episode, this is my, uh, what else? Yeah. While supervising my episode of OJ, uh, Marvel asked if I wanted to come up with a take for Black Panther. And I came up with my take on set while I was supervising my episode, okay. uh, episode five. And I, I pitched it to Kevin and he said, yes. Yeah. So I want every, all our emerging writers to hear that, um, 
you know, often writers email us or ask like, what's the ladder? Like, what's the road to get to write a Marvel movie or what? And, you know, listen to what he's saying. Like he's doing his work. He's being himself. He's being a writer and, and it's going, you know, A to F to D to Z to like there, it, it just is, it's, it's, it's kind of a circular experience. It's mm-hmm. not a straight line. Um, but always Joe, you're, you're so um, good at, focusing in on the story and the characters and what you care about. And that's all you can do as a writer. And the rest of it, you take the meetings, you see what happens. Sometimes they call back, sometimes they don't. But I just love that so much. I would love to hear from you. You've written like huge, amazing, really complex character-driven pieces. So like, what what is that process like for you? Uh, it's, well, it's constantly trying to beat what you have. Um, and that means multiple revisions. Um, and so... I, I do, um, I call it a vomit draft. Um, so what, you know, I have an outline for this particular biopic project that I'm working on. You know, I've been, there's been interviews and, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn the person's life to, to be able to lay it out. And so, um, so I have the outline, but, you know, I'll do, re- regardless of whether it's this kind of film or any film, I do a vomit draft. I just gotta get it out on the, on the page. Uh, and it's terrible all the mm-hmm. time, uh, you know, and, and, and so then the actual draft that I feel like has some shape is the revision of that. So I, before anyone ever sees anything, I've done two full passes and then um, I'll read it and see if it's in shape to show my manager who reads everything that I write and then get notes. And then I do another pass. And then it's at that point, whether that's the third or fourth pass that I see whether in, in this case, it would be, oh, am I showing the filmmaker? Am I showing the producers? And then you get their thoughts and then you do an additional pass um, from there. And then that is what I would uh, likely give to the studio unless I read it one last time and then do a polish on it um, before. But but that's, I mean, I, it really is, you know, um, that's my process. Not everyone mm-hmm. probably does as many, but you know, in this situation specifically, it's there's a lot of of people involved and invested, and you want to really make sure that um, that haven't missed anything, and that w- what's being delivered is the is the um, is the strongest draft mm-hmm. that I can deliver as a first pass. Yeah. Uh, Marvel movies are a little bit different mm. in that you're. Well, they're not different in that part of it, but like you're rewriting and working through um, all the way through prep. You're working through because you start to get, you will write an action sequence and then the stunt team takes a look and the VFX coordinator takes a look and then you're having meetings and you're really trying to find the best version of a sequence. And then, you know, Ryan would have idea, you know, and so you're you're sometimes uh, retrofitting the draft to um, to think, to set pieces that are being created. And also you're just really trying to, it's one thing I, I, I really appreciate about Marvel. And I, I bet Meg, Meg, I feel like we've had a conversation about Pixar being a little bit like this, that you're, you're, you're really just, they'll be, it'll be working, but you're constantly trying to like, is there, is that line, can I beat that line of dialogue? Can I be like all the way through? It's not something where you go, oh, I'm done. It's just, yeah, never. It, you, you know, you just are it's constantly, yeah. Can and, it be um, better? Can it be better? 
Yeah. I, uh, yeah. I worked at Pixar too. And there was a movie. We had a rap party. The movie's over, done, film out. We're all sitting there. And the director called out a fix, which we did. It's awesome. I mean, no. so there was a fix. There was a fix on a film out movie. And it was like, yeah. And we did it. And it was better for it. But like, it's yeah. never done until they literally like yanking it away. You yeah. know, so it feels like it feels like Marvel probably has a similar. Yeah. yeah. And and those Pixar movies are pretty damn good. And, you know, and so you you there's something to be said for. You know, not um, sitting on your laurels and just believing that it's, you know, oh, I'm, I did it. It's done. I can, I'm, you know, so and and a lot of that comes down to caring about what you're working on. You know, and, and and being invested in the people you're working with and 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 your own work being invested in and how you you know represent that. And 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 Joe, in terms of caring about it, I'm so interested in your approach to thematic, both kind of social themes, um, which are incredibly relevant in your work, um, just from looking at it from the outside. Um, but and also the emotional thematic of the main character and and um kind of the human uh, condition that you're exploring um, underneath. I'd love you to talk about your process with theme. You know, do you start with one and then explore it? Like how, how do you, how do you get there? A lot of times there'll be something I want to explore, like uh, um, a question. I like, it'll be a question like I've um, and, and that, leads me to think for, so when, when me and Ryan uh, were um, for Wakanda forever, I mean, a, a similar thing happened with Black Panther and this kind of, am I my brother's keeper? And, and that, you know, th those conversations that uh, we were having about um, being African-American and our understanding of Africa and we, we'd have these talks and you kind of are finding what the thing is you're, searching and ex wanting to explore in that capacity. So theme a lot of times is at the very, very beginning of, of, of my work and with Wakanda forever, you know, once Chadwick passed, we were all grieving. And um, that idea of pouring what you're feeling into the work uh, and finding a theme that's, um, that's personal um, is something that I uh, do and try to do in all my projects and, and translate it there. Um, you know, interestingly, the, the, the biopic that I'm writing again, it's, it's, I would, the way that I got sold was, um, was on the story that they wanted to tell and, and that, I, that human evolution, the growth uh, of this person and, and where he started and to where he ended up. And, and, and that's a very, you know, I love human frailty. I love, um, I love, um, social issues. I love that. I, I love how we interact, how we, um, how points of view uh, affect how we see the world. Um, and, um, and so, and whether that's, you know, science fiction, or it could be, you know, all of those things, you know, resonate regardless to, you know, to, of the, of the, the, the tapestry that your story's on. Um, we're telling it for humans to be able to connect with it. And that humanity is, what excites me, um, and 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 makes it um, and and inspires me to to tell the story the way that I end up telling them. Um, a lot of times I write like a method actor, 
I like have to feel what I'm writing. Uh, and so I generally try to find things that I, I probably would not be very good as just like a kind of come on and, you know, just rigmarole and, and I can just come in and do it. I, I, if I can't connect, I, I, I don't quite know what I'm saying or what the, what the characters are saying or what the next scene should be or. Um, I'm, the so. same. I'm the same. I got brought into a punch up room. And I was like, what's happening? Like I was sweating down my back. Like I couldn't, I was like, what's happening? And they were like, okay, how can this line be funnier? And I was like, um, well, who is he? And why is he here? And what does he think about it? And what's he feeling? Like I was so, I should not be in a punch up room. It's just not where I should be because I'm exactly the same. Okay. Yeah. I have a question about this in terms of um, overthinking and moving forward, right? So uh, I've been told, and I do believe that uh, overthinking is holding me back. But where is the point where you let it go a little bit? So I'm working on a pitch with a co-creator on something and he's like, it's fine. It's fine. And I keep wanting to go in and massage and it's not enough here and it's not enough here. And he keeps saying, stop touching it. And it's fair. He's probably right. But which is great because we work really well together on this project. But on my own, I'll just hold something hostage. Like, how do you move beyond that? Or do you guys have any, Meg, Joe, do you have any tips for Joe, me? Joe, Joe, what's your tip? <laughs> um, do you have a person that you really, really trust, that you feel has great instincts and that can look at what it is that you're, because I have that person. So if I I, I, I give it to that person, um, have him look at it and, and really just trust, I've known him for a long time, really just trust his no, it's good because if it's not, he's he's almost always right. Like he may not know what the note is, but he's like, oh, something there. And then you go in and go, oh, yep, there was something there. But if he goes, that's that's you know that works. I never get real big compliments. It's always like that's pretty strong. You know, it's like so you know you're getting something that's measured. Um, and then I I I get out of my head at that point because you sometimes you just can't see. Uh, as clearly uh, from the inside as you can from the outside, but that that would be my 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 that's what I use. Um, but I also there's something to say to be said for I've done my very best and I now it's out in the world. I've I've or I've done my very best and now I'm going to sit you know and and um, this is what I'm going to present. I know I I've I've gone I've I've done everything I can. Um, at this at this juncture, you know, if there's a deadline, if I work as hard as I can to that deadline, then I've done my best and there's nothing else I could do. Uh, if I'm preparing for a pitch and I get it to a place where I feel like, OK, I've, I've really, you know, worked at this as to and, and it needs I need to go in and pitch it. then I'm just going to trust that I did the best I could and, and just go. And, and, and that, let trust it fall. Is so, that trust is That's, so important because I think sometimes the reason that we all keep going and rewriting, rewriting, writing is because we're really afraid to take that plunge, right? Of getting other people to give us feedback or maybe God help us go onto the marketplace and people pass. So it's so much easier just to keep rewriting it. Well, it's not good enough. I have to go again. So it is an opposite end of the spectrum of people who don't rewrite enough. But to me, sometimes I'm like, wait a minute, am I, is this a fear note that I'm giving myself? Cause I'm afraid other people won't like it or it's not good enough or or is this an intuitive gut check of yeah no I can do that better I don't really want to I don't know how but I think I can 
you know, and it's just, I think it's just a muscle um, that we all have to uh, keep a fit because uh, that part of your brain, that's the writer can so easily convince you it's not good enough. Don't show anybody. <laughs> so I tried to do it today. We have a pitch this afternoon, this project and I, and I tried to text my partner today and be like, I think we need to postpone it. He's like, you are crazy. We're pitching this. And so then I had to pause and be like, okay, we're pitching it. And I had to look at it and say like, well, what's missing for me here? Like Meg, like you were saying, and I was like, oh, this, this is what's missing here. Like there needs to be a fix in this moment and this moment and the pilot pitch of it. So I, I did the things, but it's still so like, I turn into like this terrified little girl version of myself. Like, don't look at me. You know, it's so, it's so scary. I don't, but I love it when people look at me. So it's so strange. <laughs> But yeah, oh, sorry, I interrupted you, Joe. Go ahead. No, but no, yes, thank no. Thank you for the therapy. I appreciate you both. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you'll do. You'll do great. You'll do great. Now, Joe, um, when you were when you were working with Ryan Coogler, how did that mm -hmm. work? How did you guys write together? You know, I'm sure as the director, did you do a pass? Then he did a full pass, or was he coming in and out? Or yeah, you know, on the first movie, it was slightly different than the second movie. Um, on the first movie. I, I got hired first and I, I had an outline um, and then they hired him and then they, he wanted to do, he hadn't seen my outline. I don't think, I don't think, or he might have, but I'm, I'm not sure, but um, he had came in wanting to co-write. And, uh, and I, uh, at that time was a huge fan of his. I, 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 me and the executive producer, Nate, Nate Moore, we had seen Fruitvale station together um, and I cried. And so <laughs> And we had had this whole, like I, we had this whole thing. So Nate, um, also knowing my time in the Bay area and my, you know, my kind of biography a little bit was like, Oh, you guys are going to really get along great and all the stuff. And I was like, you know, okay. And, uh, and it turned out we did, we, they put us in a room and, um, he's just, uh, incredibly gracious and, um, uh, in, uh emotionally intelligent. Uh, person. Uh, and so we just connected and, um, and, you know, and he, his creative process is that he takes all the stuff in, he takes some time, he figures things out. So he, he took all that we had talked about and my, and then he came back with a whole different outline using some elements from there and this and that. And then we divided the script up. And it was on the first, you write this part, I write that. And then we would just flip and rewrite each other. And we would rewrite scenes. We just go back and forth. And um, and that, uh, I, you know, we all know the dynamic between director and writer can sometimes be a particular one, uh, an, 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 an equitable uh, dynamic. And that just isn't the case with him. You know, he was not afraid to have me write scenes over. If I wanted to write a scene, you write that one. There were certain things he connected with, he would do. And we just... Um, there was, you know, we we were getting to know each other in that process too, which was really interesting. And, you know, you you don't really know the person all that well, but you're you're trusting each other as you know, and um and so it was it was like a very interesting arranged marriage. But we that's what we did. We just would flip flop, and then as prep got, you know, as we, it got heavier and heavier in prep. Um, then I was just doing all the notes. So then he was giving me notes and I was getting notes and doing the notes from everyone. Uh, and by then he had, you know, he was very comfortable with with me doing that. Um, and then on set, I didn't need to be there. 
because he would rehearse with the with the actors and he did all the tweaks. And so it was like a nice and I'm I personally am not the writer who wants to sit on set for, you know, eight, 10, 12 hours so I can change a few lines of dialogue. I generally have other things I want to do. <laughs> so 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 it was a it was a great uh it was a great situation. The second movie um was, was a little, it, it, it was different because it was COVID. Um, and so we couldn't like meet and be in the room together or, you know, um, we just didn't have that same, you didn't have the connectivity. And so we used the, um, uh, and it, it turned out to actually be really, um, really fun. We used the co collaboration thing on final draft. And we use Zoom. And so we would be on Zoom and we had never really written in the same room. We would meet, we we wrote our own things, we'd flip-flop. But so we are literally in the same um, document for the first time, like writing at the same time and, and on Zoom. And, and it was fun, um, you know. Uh, and so that was like a, a new, uh, a new uh, wrinkle in our uh, writing together. Um, and you know, and that, that was before we had, we were in the second draft when Chad passed of, of the first, of a first version of the movie that was, you know, obviously very different. And, um, and so that we were, you know, that was going on. And then the same, you know, we, we picked back up once we figured out what we were going to do. Um, and we, and that's the way we did it. And then as prep got closer and closer, you know, again, I would, I, because his time was just so, you know, mm. it's pulled in so many directions. The there's there's so much to do. You know, on a movie that size. So, um, but he there would be the, he's tireless. There would be certain scenes. He you know he'd be like, all right, let me take a crack at this, and you know it'd be like two thirty in the morning, and he's like, da, 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 and we're on, and and he's writing this beautiful dialogue. He's like, it's you know, and so um, I I tell people sometimes they think there's sometimes di directors. They put their they put their name on something and they haven't really done the way. He's a really really good writer. It is not. Uh, I'm not writing it and then him coming in and changing a couple words saying he wrote. He is he is a phenomenal writer and um, and so it's a true collaboration. I love that. I um when I watched the movie Wakanda Forever, I was really impressed with the elegance with which you um, honored. Chadwick Boseman and his passing and how it felt very much as if I was a part of something in the real world as much as I was a part of the story that was being told. His passing really affected me. Black Panther is one of my favorite movies of all time. So thank you for that. Like I got out of watching Black Panther and I think I talked to my husband for like four hours like straight, which isn't very odd, but like I just couldn't stop talking about it. So with Wakanda Forever, it was very similar, but having him in the having Chadwick Boseman in it the way you did I just thought was so beautiful and honored the film and the filmmaking process and his life and grief obviously I wonder mm -hmm. you know that must have been really hard you said you were two drafts in and you talk mm -hmm. a lot about trust trusting yourself as a writer trusting your director building that trust how did you approach that knowing that you would have to earn the trust of your audience in order to tell the story you wanted to tell it, but also honor him. Yeah, we, you know, it was hard. Um, and again, you know, 
I felt we all took Ryan's lead, right? Because, um, you know, they'd asked, well, do you, how does everyone feel that, you know, would you recast? And everyone to a person was like, no, we all had such a, you know, chat meant so much to, to everyone. And just that, just, that just wasn't ever, um, I had never heard anyone think that was a good idea. Um, uh, just on a personal, emotional, creative, any level. And so that, you know, once that conversation was over, you know, which happened fairly early, that that wasn't going to happen. Then um, Ryan took some time to process and figure out what he might want to do going forward. And, you know, there are conversations and things, but, you know, it was really kind of like, you know, it's a, it's a big hurdle again to, to figure out. Um, and everyone was grieving. And so as those, again, as those conversations, like, you know, as, as I think he started to look into grief, like this, the phases, the steps of grief. And, and those were conversations then, oh, looking at this, or I'm reading this or that, you know, and then you, you start to go, oh, well, what we did in that first movie was really pour our, our what we were feeling into that, you know, into the into the story um, that that disconnect between African and African American. That like, and my my brother like all, like all those things were like things we felt, you know, not seeing yourself in in a you know in, in this in 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 the context of a hero in this capacity. All those things were like really personal, and here we are in the situation again. And it it I think that it naturally moved towards again that personal. Well, all of our actors everyone involved is going to be going through everyone who watches this movie, all the people who love the, uh, the first movie, they're going to be grieving and we're not going to have him, you know, once you decide he's not going to be recast, then you have to have him, his passing be a part of your story. And so it became like a practical thing. It, how then do you deal with it? So that was the question. It was like, how do you deal with it? And, and the decision was made to do it very early upfront because if you don't everyone's just going to be waiting for you to deal with it and the whole movie is going to be about waiting for you to deal with it. so why not deal with it right away uh and and honor him and honor him and and try to do it in the tradition of Wakanda like how how would Wakanda honor thinking what is the how do we approach it in a way that where we're infusing what everyone's going to be feeling into story and into the narrative and have it affect our and tag, I mean, our protagonist um, in the most profound way we can. How do we start it to be affecting her and uh, affecting us as an audience? And the, like the mural, I didn't, the mural, um, I, I swear that the mural, I don't know that the mural was in the draft. It probably was, but I, I saw it in the rough cut. I had not seen, cause I wasn't there when they shot that. And I cried when the mural came up in a rough cut. Cause I was like, cause that, that looks the way that that was done was, um, was just amazing. Right. You know, in terms of like the emotion of it and, and how it honored him and, and, and what it meant. But I, um, I have to say, I, I, it caught me off. It was, it caught me off guard, um, when I watched it and I, just uh, I can't remember whether it was in the draft or not. And if it was, it, you know, it's just like a word. It's like a mural, and what, you know, and you go and 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 you're not. But when you see it and how they shot and what they did and and just the 
it really um, it really was wonderful um, how everyone involved helped to create um, the how we approached the opening and and uh, and Ryan really had in his mind um, you know Shuri's not wanting to let him go like that like her not being able to save him and not wanting and that being the crux of how we we introduce her this person who was so different in the previous movie, how we introduce her and how she's been affected by this loss. And, you know, and that, that was not untrue for Tish. That was not untrue for, you know, for, for all of us. So, yeah. That's so profound that, that, that yes, they're characters and they're playing characters, but they're also experiencing it for themselves personally. And you can feel that in the film. It's so profound. You know, on this show, we talk a lot to emerging writers about act two, you know, you're not kind of beating up your character enough, you know, and I, I, you know, listen, I still do this in early drafts where you don't even realize that you're letting everybody else around the main character have all the hard stuff because you're protecting them in a weird unconscious way. But, you know, and Jason asked this question, you know, Shuri is really beat up. And and I mean, that is the highest compliment in, in, in this film. She really gets tested in, in so many levels, physically, spiritually, emotionally, family relationships, um, so I was, we were just curious um, uh, how you approach act two in terms of that main character. And was that kind of something that you were conscious of that you were really going to put her through her paces to change her or did it just kind of evolve? I, I think we, I think the, the way that we wanted to end the movie with her in that battle, the Manu model, this really, you know, visceral and um, at times brutal fight to take this character, to take her from who we know her to be, to get her to where that felt earned is a really long journey. Like you, she was she was funny and irreverent and like, and so here, and so I, I, I think we were all aware that there, there had to be um, a lot of trials for her to get to the place where the emotion of that in fight, we were, we, we bought it. Um, and, and that we, we, we understood her resilience. We understood her rage. We understood her desire for vengeance. We understood like we got where she was. And so that her choice to choose the path that T'Challa would choose, you know, right. That, 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 you know, and the path that ultimately she would choose in her own heart. Right. Um, felt also um, meaningful and not, you know, kind of like root, you know, like staged, you know. So um, so I think the, um, I don't know that we had, I don't know that we had the com- conversation saying, well, we're going to just, you're just going to make it so hard on there. I think it was more like, you know, I was saying that I, I write method and, you know, we, we, you're trying to feel your way through. Like, what is it? What, what does she have to? And, and again, and you're going back, trying to calibrate those scenes. You're right. It's out there and you're going, ah, don't when we get here and uh, don't really feel like that's, you know, it doesn't, you're not, it's not feeling right. Maybe it's because back here um, it wasn't tough enough or there wasn't emotional love or there wasn't the connectivity. One of the things we came up with, Oh, it was one of those really late night Zooms and Nate and, you know, 
Kiana and like our whole team, right? We're all on the Zooms and we're talking. Was the was the burning of the of the um, garments? Um, trying to how do you uh, physicalize this change that she? How do you make it something actionable for her um, uh, that she on the beach at the end that she does and and uh, and how is that connected to? How do you thread that through? You know, and I don't remember how it. Who came, but whatever, when it happened, we were all like, oh, yeah. And then and then all of a sudden you have that scene where, you know, uh she's it's the mother and daughter. It's they really are speaking, you know, it's 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 Ramonda like talking to her about grief, someone who has dealt with so much grief. She's lost her father. I mean, her husband, excuse me, she's lost her son. He came back, she lost him again. You know, she understands grief in a way um that she's trying to impart on her daughter. And and you know who's not um, who's not interested in spirituality, who's not interested in the mystical side, who's all science, and 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 so it was a very kind of like how do you make that scene emotionally a challenge for her? How do how does she respond in that scene to to get us where we need to go? And so you're constantly going and and working on scenes again to make them feel um, to make them build. To where she she earns where she ends up, um, and so I love I, I, that. I, yeah. love the, I love I love that you're using the word trial. They are trials mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. to to see where our character goes and what they choose and what they do, um, mm-hmm. and that it's about earning and that your brain went to the end. Okay, if she's going to start here and get here, that what trials would get her there, and that and that you can earn that end is uh, I, I do the same. I have to kind of know the end first so that I know. Mm-hmm where we're going in terms of what we have to do to get the character there. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. Whenever I don't, if I don't know where it's going, then it's just like, where the hell? Like it's cause you, you <laughs> it's like trying to, like I'm trying to get to this particular restaurant. Where is it? I don't know. <laughs> You're going to starve. <laughs> Can you talk a little bit about here? Um, doing American crime. What did you learn from Ryan Murphy or that writer's room? that we can impart. Yeah. yeah so um, that uh, our writer's room was small, which um, I thought was great uh, because I, it was, it allowed you, it was, you know, Scott Alexander and Larry Karaszewski who are fantastic writers and, uh, and DVD Vicente's and me uh, more, you know, that was the, 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 the core of our, our writers. And, um, and so they're all much more experienced than I am. Uh, and um and um, and so, but I, again, I, I'm not afraid to share my opinion, <laughs> you know, and so and so, that you know, that I think I think which is one of the reasons that I was hired, because, again, um, I and I'm, I'm not advocating people go in and upset the people that are trying to hire them. But I remember when I went in after reading um, uh, Jeffrey Tubin's book, um, that I felt like it was very skewed uh, in terms of its point of view on the trial. And so I came in and I was like, you know, you know, you know, this is such a polarizing subject. Uh, many black people have a very different view of this than this book. And I was like, so if if you're going to tell this story, you you have to actually embrace the other point of view as well. Otherwise, you're not going to have something that. And so and I thought, oh, these guys are going to they're going to not be down with that. But they they 
that was what they were looking for, it turns out, um, because that's what they wanted. They wanted to tell the 360. They wanted this idea that someone who felt one way uh, at the during the trial and on the other side, they could at least understand the other point of view. And that that was what our, our goal was. In the room, that was a big part of it. And and, that, and, and to answer your question, what was great about um, the room was that it was it was an open conversation about things that are very kind of uh, sticky and can be tricky to talk about. Um, and and but it was always respectful uh, and it was always um, in service of the ultimate goal, which was to 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 how do you how do you show that this person did this crime? Right. Because he was guilty of what he did. But the verdict was correct because of the LAPD and what they have done wrong. Like and because the, both of those things were true. But you you to get to both of those things, you got to work through a lot of stuff. And 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 so um, I learned it was my own, my first TV experience. So I learned everything, you know, sitting in a room and. Uh, I learned the importance of having a producer in the room. Brad was there every day or Nina was there. Like you, I learned just the value of all of those smart, creative minds being there. And Ryan wasn't in our writer's room. So Ryan came on after we had, after we had broken, I think we had written the first half. Uh, he read those first, the first half of the, 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 um, the first half of the, the, the first four episodes or Five episodes, I can't remember, but um, he read those and then he was like, oh, I want to be a part of it. And then at that point, then you're getting Ryan's notes as well. But he that's how they got him on was to go, oh, this is this is, you know, he could see what that could be. Um, I would come and watch him on set. And 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 when he did super, you know, when he was uh, when he would come in and our like story meetings and stuff as we're in prep, his his knowledge of of how to break down a script, I would just sit and because he he would come in and he would go and he knew he would just go through and he's just so well versed on what it takes to turn that script into, you know, into how to shoot it um, that I, I, I found myself just really trying to uh, keep an eye on how he approached what it was that he was doing because just understanding, you know, that practical element helps you to write better as well. So so let's talk about directing. So you've directed yeah. two movies. So how do you approach writing differently when you know you're going to direct? Um I don't. I um sorry. It's <laughs> really funny. I don't. I <laughs> <laughs> Thanks I for joining it. us today, I, Joe. I, oh, that's the show. I, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> um I um I write like I would direct. Anything, I write visually and emotionally, at least I try to. And so that's how I approach directing. It's theme. How does the theme inform what I want to say uh, visually? Um, how I want to talk to the characters and the actors about what's going on in the scenes. Um, I'm very much a theme-oriented filmmaker. Um, if I don't know what it is that I'm trying to thematically say it's very hard for me to come up with a, a visual conception um because i oftentimes it's like what's cool right now oh let's do the cool thing and i you know i end up turning those things off 
Uh, it's just not my, you know, so, some people love that, like the whatever the cool, I'm more interested in like, oh, I'm feeling what I'm supposed to be feeling because that's what this is about. And, um, and, and, um, and I, I think the best filmmakers are those who, who are telling you the story and imparting the emotional journey of the story with their, uh, with all the tools in the toolbox. And that's, um, that's the way I, you know, I, I try to approach it, uh, when I'm, when I'm working, I, I directed some episodes of, of, uh, FX limited series, um, last year. So it was a little bit different because I didn't write any of those. Um, and that is actually coming out in May, um, uh, May 10th. Um, uh, it stars Brian Tyree Henry and Kate Mara. And, um, and I, it was interesting because finding, I was, I found myself as I was, um, in prep, uh, to, you know, work on, work on, on the particular episodes for my blog. It's like finding, reading those scripts and finding thematically talking to the creator, but reading script, finding thematically what I wanted those episodes to be about and, and how they fit in the larger scope of the, of the entire season. And, and then translating that again into my approach to the material. Obviously there was a look that was set and things like that, but you're really trying to use those, those same, that same muscle, the same muscles to, to, to tell those, to tell the, um, to tell the story you want to tell visually with, with those episodes, even if, even though I didn't write any of the, any of the words. So, yeah. So we'll, we'll see. Yeah. So, Thank you so much for being here. We always ask the, the same three questions at the end of every episode. So um, the first question is, what do you love about writing or directing or both? What do you love about being a storyteller? Storytelling. <laughs> <laughs> what do you I, love about I, it? I, I, um, I love the, I love the humanity in it. I love the I love feeling I'm a uh, empathetic person. Uh, you know, my mother is she called herself an empath. Um, I, I and so I I I like things that make me feel whether I'm creating them or someone else is. That's that's what matters to me. And and being able to, I think stories have had the biggest impact on history. You know, of anything. Uh, and and you know you go through and you see well how are people changed? Um, they're changed through stories. They're changed through parables. They're changed through you know you you look at religions. What are they using as tech? Those are all narrative. Those are narratives. And so I think it's a very powerful uh, medium. And to be able to work in it is a, a you know I'm feel very fortunate. And I've been telling stories my whole life. I just made up. I was a kid. I made up. I played make believe. So this is. This is what I, I don't know how to do anything else. Um, so anyway, that's what I love. I love, I, you know, I love, I love, I love all of it. All right. That sounds what corny. Piss- no, it's not at all. It's great. What pisses you off about it? Um, oh man, I'm getting myself in trouble. Um, what pisses me off is the, um, I love the, the craft and I love the product. I do not love the pageantry. I'm not of uh, uh, the pageantry of all of it becomes um, that's where you don't actually have to be a talented storyteller to be relevant. And that I'm not as interested in. Fair. Yeah, totally fair. 
And Joe, of course, um, we love to ask, as of right now, if you could be remembered for one scene that you've written, what would it be and why? Ooh. Okay. Um, the, the, the Killmonger scene with the little boy and his dad. Um, I, I wrote that scene in one pass. I asked to write, I, I told Ryan, I said, I, I want to do that scene. Um, and it was just because I understood both sides of it. Um, I did not grow up with a, a, a dad, but I am a dad. And so I, that scene just resonated with me. And so I was like, you know, I want I'm going to do this one. And then I wrote it and, and no one touched it. He, he wouldn't rewrite it. He, he was, I was like, I'm not going to touch that scene. And, you know, and we rewrote everything. And so I think that was, I don't know. That's a hard question because it's kind of a little bit self-aggrandizing, but like no, on an emotional no. level. But on it's you as an artist. We're so interested. That's you as an artist. Um, yeah. It's you out in the world. It's so, it's very powerful in that. It's an incredibly powerful scene. I'm going to add one question here. Um, yeah. What is some, just one piece of advice you'd give to writers who are coming into this business now, like emerging writers? If What did you wish you knew when you, when you came in? That it's, um, I think you, I think time, as you get older and you are more experienced, you realize that it just takes time and that, and that a no or, or, or a, a script you've worked on and it doesn't actually get made or the, like the, all of the things that, um, all the, dis the, the disappointments are growth opportunities. And it's really about perseverance. And it's really about focusing on craft. And if you're good and you keep at it, that victory, the thing that you get that where it does work is so it's it's worth all of the all of the the times you fell on your face. It just is. And 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 you'll go, I would go back in a heartbeat and fall on my face that number of times for the for the for the wins. And so that's the that's the one thing I, I think I didn't. I, you know, I just, I, I'm just stubborn and, and got a big chip <laughs> on my shoulder. And so like, but, but it's, so it, it, you know, but, but I think, I think that's, that's the one thing that I would say. Great advice. advice. Yeah. Very yeah. good advice. Thank this you. This was fun. Yes. Oh, thank you so, so glad. Much, thank you. <laughs> thank you. Thank you so much. I love all, right. all, I love listening to you. You have so many great stories and such great perspective. And Wakanda Forever is currently streaming on Disney Plus and nominated yep. for a WGA award for best adapted screenplay. Let's make sure we get that in there. Congrats mm -hmm. on that, Joe. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks so much to Joe for joining us on today's show. Wakanda Forever is currently streaming on Disney Plus and is nominated for a WGA award for best adapted screenplay. And if you haven't gotten a chance to check out our Patreon, there are hours of bonus content over there. We really, <laughs> we're not making mints of money off of this bonus content, but we're really doing it for you guys because so many people email us and ask us for extra help or contact with us or ask us questions. So we're, we're over there doing Q&As and there's, um, we're listening to people's stories and giving them notes. So there's lots of great stuff to learn um, over there on the Patreon. Thank you so much to Jeff and Savannah, our producers, and Jason, our intern. And thank you so much for joining us today. And remember, you are not alone and keep writing. Thanks for tuning in to The Screenwriting Life. We love our community and we want to get to know you even better. 
join our Facebook group at facebook.com slash the screenwriting life or email us at the screenwriting life at gmail.com to have your question considered for the show. You can also suggest topics by emailing us there. Also, we'd love for you to drop us a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if we don't read your review on air, trust me, we have read it. And not only does it mean the world to us, but it helps other people find the show. We've always been driven by mission and mentorship, and reviewing our show helps expand that mission. And of course, until next Sunday, happy writing.